Hi, I'm Stephen Crafty and this is Talking Design 2018, episode number 17. In this episode, we'll be speaking to um, a very interesting person called Maureen Son. Maureen is a fashion designer. She runs the Signet Bureau and um, I've been following her career for many, many years. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Stephen. Maureen, I was saying before we sat down, fashion must be one of the most difficult careers to pursue. Yes. It's um, you're on this almost treadmill. It is a little bit... There's a, there's a feeling of relentlessness with the whole process of having to create a whole new collection every six months. I feel... Um, and you have a customer and a wholesale customer who's wanting you to come up with a whole new set of ideas and excite them and wow them. And so there's, it's quite a lot of pressure to feel that you have to come up with that every season. Uh, I don't know how I think about a lot of those big European houses where they're doing 10 collections a year. I don't know. How they do it? How do you start? You you were mentioning you, your first business. You were only twenty four. It yes. was called Dieselg. Yes, and um, that was that went for a number of years. You went into retail, then you you were with Vixen. Yes, uh, which did beautiful work for many years, about ten years. Yeah, and then you started uh, your own. Yeah, label. So whilst, when I was at Vixen, um, because the um, work there was all about the hand-printed textiles, it was all about creating everything from the ground up. And I think I really loved that process so much that I decided that knitwear would enable me to have that same sort of experience. So it would be creating... The fabric from scratch and then it would um, once the fabric is developed it would tell me what it wanted to become in terms of the garment so it was having the two processes working to develop the fabric and then develop the garment design so that's even more difficult having two different <laughs> processes the fabric rather than just being sourcing beautiful yeah. fabric from Japan or Europe yeah. You make the fabric. That's an extra process, yeah. extra time, extra cost, extra headache. But um, what's? How do you start the process, Maureen? When you're starting a new collection, whether it's winter or spring, summer. So sometimes it's more um, often because a lot of those knitting structures I develop they're quite organic. So it, it will often be um, something that's inspired by nature, um, a texture. Um, say of stone or moss or something in nature that I feel is amazing texture and then I sit down and think about how that could be actually recreated in terms of knitting and knitting structure and I work very closely with a knitting technician uh, Paul Yu who once I've established the sort of initial idea will sit down and work out how it has to be knitted on the actual machine and usually there's lots and lots of different processes and that, that that's what's so amazing about knitwear is you can use a very simple stitch structure and create something quite amazing and unique and there's millions of variations and it's that's what's exciting about it and Maureen you were 
essentially self-taught. Yes. So the thing with the knitwear was um, when I first started, I was working with a factory in um, East Brunswick that I still work with today called um, A&B Knitwear. And I, what I did is I made sure I worked with people who knew a lot more than I did. And that's how I learnt. Mm. And I love that process. So I love to work with people who do know more than me because it enables me to learn. And um, I think Adrian, who was the owner at the time, um, he'd had 20 or 30 years of experience in knitwear. So he taught me a lot. And I initially worked with a programmer called Rod Murray. And he was amazing. I have to say... Every time I would try something new, he just taught me so much and he was able to really drill down and explain to me the technical side, why you couldn't do this, why you could do that, yeah. the difference with and all the processes. Um, Maureen, all the yarns sourced locally? or So mainly um, with the wool yarn, I only use... 100% Australian Merino yarn because I feel quite strongly about supporting the growers here uh, and um, at the moment there's not there's only really two mills left in Melbourne so I also source yarn from a mill in Japan and another German mill which has a base in China as well but I only use Australian Merino wool and um, that has the Australian Merino wool has um, a lot of crimping in it, which means it has this amazing elasticity. And what it has is the properties of the wool um, mean that it's a harder-wearing wool. It lasts longer. It feels nicer on the skin. It knits up beautifully. It dyes beautifully. And it's just got that quality to it. So that, because really what, I'm making clothing, which overall isn't really a very sustainable industry to be mm. in. So if I'm going to do it, then I have to try to make sure that everything in my practice is as sustainable as I can make it. Maureen, um, knitwear was huge in the 80s, I know, because yes. I was in the knitwear business in the 80s. It's very patterned and very bold, and you know, Jean-Paul Gaultier yeah. was putting out all these wonderful yes. paisley, oversized paisley knitted and jackards yes. then at the end of the 80s knitwear took a dive um and then it became very safe yes. and almost the twin set for people yes. who don't know what a twin set is it's a matching cardigan and um uh, yeah, more... jumper but then it started to pick up and people really started to warm to knitwear again your knitwear is very you, you very rarely do um patterns so i do um what I focus on more is textures, creating texture within the fabric. So I, I tend not to do jacquards or those. Would you do a jacquard or you'd rather um, not? Uh, look, in, it's funny because within the industry, jacquards are considered to be a little bit basic. A daggy. Mm. And so all the knitters have a little snigger. <laughs> snigger. <laughs> If you say, I want to do a jacquard, and they all, they all roll their eyes and go, oh, okay, jacquard. And so what I did, so it's a, bit, a little bit, it looks quite complex, but it's actually really basic to do. So I, I tend to steer clear of that sort of knitting, and the work is more about 
um, combining different yarns together and creating textures within the fabric and so then I feel like it, it's more it's almost more complementary to the garment design so because you're doing garments woven yes. garments so yes. it, they can work together yes. so it ends up being a more cohesive as a whole collection of ideas and I, I find I just I just am more drawn to that in terms and how, of more in how many individual items comprise one collection so i've just finished winter 2019 oh god that's such I a long did, way away <laughs> i did uh 50 it was a 50 piece collection which was a lot and normally i don't do that much but i just kept going and sometimes you can be on a bit of a roll and so i just thought <laughs> oh well, I'll, I'll add that in and i'll add that in and i'll add that in so we'll see we'll see what happens but has um, it already been shown it's in the process of being shown to all the wholesale accounts now and then um we start production at the end of october yeah is it hard putting your head so far forward um in, this actually, fashion requires that. yeah i actually find it a lot less stressful to work that way it's more stressful i feel to work closer to the season because uh, the the, uh, the thing with knitwear is you need to have long lead times to resolve all of the knitting structures and it does take quite a long time to do that part of the um, design process so if i'm running close to my deadline i've it's very stressful and I've, I don't like I can't mm. resolve ideas in that mm. space I need to feel like I've got time to Fair really enough. resolve things properly so yeah. can you give me a bit of a clue as to what we'll be seeing in winter 2019 so for next uh, winter 19 I have done some I do a lot of um, a knitting technique called plating which is knitting one colour on the top and another colour on the back and the back colour comes through to the front and so I've done kind of blurring yes and I've done quite a lot of that where you might knit a tubular pocket and so the, the colour on the back comes through on the pocket opening and so I've done a lot of really subtle detailing like that so in a rib a rib part of the garment you'll get the two colours coming through and I've done a lot of that sort of two colour, but it's quite subtle. It's not... It's not hot um, pink and black. No, no. It's, so I tend to go for a dirtier, murky palette. And with um, the mill in Japan, I can dye all my own colours. So um, I've done colours of like a kelpie green, an aniseed green, greeny black. So I, I tend to do those darker... Dirty dirtier, colours. murkier sort of tones. I don't. I have put in like a denim for um, and a winter white. My mm. agent sort of made those suggestions <laughs> to me. I was thinking, oh. winter white. That brings me back to the eighties. <laughs> um, apparently, it's really popular. So, um, but it's a different customer to say the Signet Bureau customer. So, I who is the Signet? customer the signet bureau customer is a woman who i think has um is when they walk in the store they're actually really expecting to find something quite different they're looking for something that's got a lot of integrity within the design 
they're looking for something that's really comfortable and mm. easy to wear, but still looks interesting. And age-wise? So they, our, the age group is probably between 40 and... We, you know, we, I've got, we've got some women, very stylish women in their mid-70s mm. who come in. And we have some younger customers. The main issue, though, is um, price for them. Mm. Um, so we What often, are your prices starting so at? Go all varying from sort of maybe 200 up to sort of 900, yeah, depending mm. on what the garment is. But there's a lot so, of work in it. Yes, and it's really something, um, I think the customer who comes into the Signet Bureau understands and appreciates that level of craftsmanship and the detailing. So they're not looking to just buy, you know, a basic crew neck jumper mm. because they know they can buy that from 50 other retailers. Yeah. They don't need to come to us. So you're really, you're focusing on, on really shape, and how things are draped, yes. and how th you know, and taking knitwear in a completely new direction rather than just two sleeves and knit back and a front. Yep, pretty much. Because so. if you did that, you'd be out of business, probably. I couldn't compete, so it would be impossible. Um, so I think that's the thing: is is the retailers are looking, and the customers are looking for something different. Um, but it still has to be easy to wear and comfortable. Maureen. The problem I found with knitwear in the 80s, and I'm going back a long time, um, uh, is that winter's always great, even yes. though the seasons are always uh, late, and you think, oh, God, it's April, and I've got all this knitwear yes. in the shops. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to buy yeah. it? And then summer's just so difficult, and summer knitwear mm. isn't really something that has caught on particularly well, even though you probably get more wear out of summer mm. linens and beautiful cottons. What, and it's also more expensive to produce. Yeah, so, so why, what's the situation with summer? With It's interesting because everyone in the knitting industry says what you make in winter, you lose in summer. So mm. everyone says that. That's what we did. And that's what happens. And I think... Um, what I try to do with the summer knitwear is focus on, um, I, one, the range is half the size of knitwear in summer, so I do more wovens and cut and sew to supplement um, the, the range. But what I try and focus on is things that are going to be quite trans-seasonal in a way. Mm. So they can invest in it in summer but keep wearing it even when summer's finished. And I think people see the value in that then mm. obviously it's difficult sometimes on a 35 degree day knitwear is probably the last thing most people feel like trying on um, that's a reality but you have to try and get it in early in the mm. season and hopefully sell through and yeah so you're not Maureen you also have uh, quite like-minded designers at the Signet yes. Bureau you've got Robin Black yes uh, who else do you have We've got Robin Black and then um, the other brands that um, I'm buying in at the moment are um, a New Zealand label called Jason Lingard. Knitwear? No, all woven. He does mm. beautiful work. It's a very dark black New Zealand aesthetic. Um, Sounds good to me. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> He's very clever. And then we buy in another New Zealand brand called Company of Strangers, which has a slightly younger aesthetic 
um, a little bit more playful. And then we also carry Rundholz, Ger- a German brand. One of the best. Yeah, and we, I love it. I love having it in the shop. It's, um, they're really clever. They just. Berlin based. Yes. Or Cologne based. They they do amazing things with fabric development and you can really see they they put a lot of effort into um, developing the dyeing techniques and and all of those things. It's amazing. No, Runholz is extraordinary. Yeah. Mm. And then we have a Japanese brand called Moyuru as well mm-hmm. and that's that's really a lovely label too and maureen for someone like me who loves clothes um why is it that so few people designers particularly in australia now just have got out of men's collections i think did men, you ever try it or? no I, and <laughs> i keep much. having various men suggesting that i should like go into it and just even in a small way but I think the the main issue is I think as a whole it's hard for a lot of men to um, see where the value is in the price Mm. Um, so there's that it's a it's a price resistance and that that's the main issue Mm. so yes you would have a, a core group of men who would appreciate and understand and be happy just to spend the money but the the larger part of the market it it doesn't think in the same way it's quite different maureen also overseas uh where do you see do you see opportunities overseas are you supplying overseas over the last sort of few years i've had quite a lot of um approaches from various agents in america and london and I have had, um, it's been tricky um, managing the production side of things here and I'm just in the process of um, refining all of our processes and um, I'm so sort of supply. back in, yeah, and so it's it's getting that all in order first before you can physically go out because you've really got to be able to guarantee delivery on time and all of that and so we're still in the process of refining and getting that to the stage where um, it's all working really efficiently and um, you know the knitters here I I love working with them all but the reality is they just really love to do crew neck and v-neck jumpers (laughs) (laughs) so um, that's the reality and obviously nothing too complicated so obviously my work steers them in a slightly different direction they probably when you come walking yeah. in they go oh dear they have they do they have little heart palpitations <laughs> you, and you say look it's only got 30 <laughs> pieces to this to this design once you get the hang of it you know they're <laughs> yeah, used to fall <laughs> so even so a lot of the designs i do i break it down to three pieces so and it looks far more complex than what it actually is and when I go in and explain to them, look, this is only this garment is only three pieces. It's just that the side seams aren't where the side seams normally are. Mm. So everything's it's twisted and, and and it works to work that way on the body and it makes it look far more interesting. It's just getting them to get their heads around the fact that it isn't a front and a back and two sleeves. And they can do the work. Mm. They can do anything. Because your work is a little bit more complicated or a lot more complicated than the, you know, four pieces back front, 
have there been times when you've walked into the factory, you know, expecting to pick up a delivery and it's just all wrong? No, I would never let that happen. <laughs> so I have lots of processes in place which mean I'm checking pre-production samples, checking samples through the whole process, um, and they know. Although there was, I remember there was one delivery I did pick up, and I unpacked it in the studio, and I thought, I tried on a cardigan, and I thought, hmm, feels all a bit small. And the sleeves are a bit short, and the body was all a bit short, and I thought, oh. And I went and found the original sample, and I thought, something's happened. Like, it was like a little toddler's jumper. And I went back to the knitter, and I said, look, what's happened? And he took one look at it, and in a few seconds he said, oh, the tension's all wrong. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, right. So that means if the tension... It, all the production had been knitted much tighter, which means everything shrinks. And um, so I said to him, okay, what are you going to do about it? And he, the, the thing in manufacturing is all care, no responsibility. Mm. So that's pretty so much how that. they... So I had to... I worked out I could resize everything. So the mediums became the smalls, the larges <laughs> became the mediums. Then they had to re-knit all the larges. And mm. um, so we... We got there in the end, but generally things like that don't happen because I... Has there been a time, Maureen, where you've designed something you thought, this is so left of centre and it's been the most successful? Yes, that happens all the time. And um, it's it's really interesting because when um, I do the range for the wholesaling and my agent takes the range out to show all the retailers around Australia and she comes back and with the orders and I, I look and I think, that was my favourite design and it got no orders, oh. none. And I'll say, what happened? And she said, oh, they just, they, went, they went for this style over that style. And so usually... It just gets dropped. Yes, well, no, no, then I make it just for the shop and it usually sells out. And so that shows the, the, conservatism. Difference, yeah, the difference in the marketplace. It's quite broad. Maureen, it's been lovely having you on. Um, I think it's amazing your the dedication that you put into your work. It's extraordinary. Thank you. And really, if you want to see more of uh, Maureen Son's work, um, you don't have to wait till... Um, uh, next winter you can go she's there signet bureaus in uh, gertrude street in fitzroy thank you so much for coming onto the program that is my pleasure this has been talking design 2018 recorded at rmit university in melbourne